Okay, so, like, it's super embarrassing, but honestly, the audio of this episode is just, it's not where I want it to be. Like, it's not perfect. It's not, like, you know, like, my favorite thing. But Shawnee and I had such a good time recording in person that we just forgot to check how it sounded. It was so embarrassing. Um, Allie Kiltz did a wonderful job making this episode listenable. It's incredible. Bear with us. We have new mics, new merch, new equipment coming to you very soon. Investing in us, investing in you, investing in the future. We love you. Thank you. Bye. Maddie, I'm looking directly at your face right now in the same room. I know. It's wow. so crazy. Uh, We're doing it. We're doing it. We're this doing is house. This is weird. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I like it too. Um, brought you some bagels and some coffee. It's your mm-hmm. first time with caffeine in a second, right? My heart is about to explode, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> My hands are like shaking. Um, yes. yeah, We're both had... so excited. <laughs> with caffeine and just excitement to be in the same room. But yeah, I haven't had caffeine in shit a while. I'm all jittery now. Now I'm nervous. Oh my God, let's just start the episode. Let's just start it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to QBT Live and in. I almost said in living color. Let's we'll throw it back to episode one when you call me Jim Carrey. Um, I am Jim Carrey. <laughs> and I, um, I'm J-Lo. Work, bitch. Um, we are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. You damn um, right. Despite being in the same room with you, I like can't stop looking at other things. I'm like trying to... I know, it's weird. Video. I know. Um, but how are you taking care of yourself this week? What's up, slut? Uh, what did I do this week to take care of myself? I, uh, I don't know. I went on a hike. I went on a hike yesterday, which was nice. I've been pretty unplugged from my television for the most part. Oh, and I have been sober for a week. I haven't drank. I haven't smoked. And it was miserable at first, but as of last... Now I have some caffeine. Now I have caffeine, yeah. (laughs) Last night was like the first night I had a solid night's sleep Mm -hmm. and like got through the whole night and woke up refreshed this morning. And I had a really weird dream last night about... um, What did I have a dream about? My mom was there. I think NeNe Leakes was there. (laughs) It was a lot. There was a lot going on. Um, I'm making... One of the ways that I'm taking care of myself, which is also at the same time not taking care of myself at all, is um, I've made the really poor and embarrassing decision. I've already revealed this on the podcast, but I'm like halfway through season five of Glee. It's just really terrible. But <laughs> like that. That's right. She's coach. She's like a coach, right? Right. And she is like horribly racist and <laughs> funny at other times. Um, and... I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I'm just kind of like fast forwarding through. The, I'm taking care of myself by fast forwarding through a lot of the musical numbers in Glee. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like skipping to them talking. You only need Amber Riley's part and Naya Rivera. Yeah, That's which, it. Which at this point was the only reason I was watching it was I was just getting into. I wanted to watch Naya Rivera move from this mm-hmm. character. I've already talked about her so much, but anyway, I wanted to watch that happen. And now I'm halfway through season five and. It's just terrible. It's always been terrible, but it gets, like, very bad. And then Amber Riley's bitterly there. And you're just watching all of, like, the super talented people, mostly people of color, kind of get these, like, side episodes Mm -hmm. or single episodes. And it's like, I don't care about... I don't care about these people. I don't care. Um, But uh, another thing that I'm doing... Oh, I had a therapy appointment this week, and it was really good. I was... um, I actually had to flashback to our 
previous episode about drugs because I was, um, what was I going to say? I may or may not have taken Molly. (laughs) (laughs) And on Thursday was my appointment and I get like halfway through the appointment and I'm like, just like, this is making me sad and this is not feeling good. And halfway through I was like, wait, he's like, what? Like he looked shocked by my like weight. And I was like, I just remember that I took Molly on Monday and maybe that's why I'm not feeling so good today. Uh, (laughs) I was like, like, it's that like three day later thing. I was like, all of those things are probably still true, but I feel them less now that I know that it's just... That that's what it is. It's not my head, yes. That knowledge helps tenfold, I swear. It does, it does. Um, Do you want to talk about some pop culture and politics? Yeah, let's get into and what about it. Um, First thing I want to talk about is... Tinashe is bisexual. Honestly, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I've been she a... She made t- songs for me. I hope she's, like, getting hers, you know? Right? I feel like I've been a Tinashe fan since album one. I feel like it's been a roller coaster ride. I want the best for her, and I don't know why she isn't getting the best, and why she isn't treating herself the best, but... I don't know what the song is, but that song where she's, like, in the pink lingerie, it's, like, a pink room, and she's just, like, kind of roller... It's, like, a new oh, video. Yeah, Rascal. Very cute. I love that very, video. Very, very good. I feel like she is... I feel like she was already coming into her own when she first started, and then she okay. kind of like got sidetracked trying to be something that she's not, and now she's sort of back in the lane that I wanted her in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did an interview with, I don't remember who, but she essentially came out as bisexual and said that, you know, the theme of her life is that she doesn't like to be put in a box, which I think is mm-hmm. true of her music. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be pop, but it can also be an R&B. It can also be this, like kind of house techno thing sometimes. Um, she's like all over the place, but I like it because you can't really predict her. I mean, I just want to live in a world where like, I assume everyone's bisexual to some extent. I mean, everybody and, is. I, I mean, right. And, <laughs> uh, so I think it's really cool when folks are more vocal about it because as opposed to it being a headline, it's just like, I want to find out, you should. You need to come out as straight. Like it, it is so weird if you exist in this world and like, only have a single attraction to a certain I almost said species, but gender. <laughs> like, Can we make it... straight an entirely different species? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god. I so my uh like friends are have been having this um like wedding week sort of thing. There's been like some small socially distant stuff and I go to this bachelorette party and it's like in a backyard everyone has like little they made each of us masks and there was, um, oh, I talk about the drag queen later in this episode. We're recording out of order today, folks. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, at one point, though, I showed up to this thing in this, like, it was like a short white jumper thing. Oh, like, yeah, I the, saw that. That it was, was like, cute. Shorts yeah. And, and, like, nine people were like, I can't believe you wore white here. And they were all joking because it's, like, a bridal thing and I wore white to it. Oh, yeah. But I was like, it's not the wedding. It's a faux pas. And, and it's it's not the wedding. It's a bachelor party. And also... I, yeah, the stripper's supposed culture. to wear white. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, that's straight culture. I'm like, not trying to offend anyone. It's just not my culture. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, everyone was joking, but everyone made the same joke. And I was like, I, I, I laughed with you the first three times. And now I'm like... Do you people actually care that I've worn white to this thing? Like, I truly don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have offended the straights. Right. 
Um, Tanisha's bisexual. Good for her. I'm Good for her. her. And she also signed to Rock Nation. I think she was with, uh, I don't remember, RCA. RCA is a thing? No, that's not right. Um, she was with somebody else. Virgin Records. Sure. <laughs> um, and they weren't doing her right, which I think we could all tell from the like sure. last couple of albums she put out. They, um, they, they were doing her better than Normani's team is doing her, but the yeah, same level. Of, God. Like, very talented person. We don't know what to do with this person. Where's Normani's album? Girl. In a vault. <laughs> We're never going to get that album. No. She worked too hard for 1999 or 1991 or whatever that motivation. Motivation, yeah. Now it's just like, she's like, well, I gave you a year's worth of content in that three and a half minute video, which like, Live you know, with that's it. not what we knew when we received it, <laughs> but you know, that's where we're at. I was, I saw a post that she put up Normani the other day and I think she was selling like jewels that you attach to your face. Oh, I thought you were like... No, 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 not those. (laughs) Um, No, like, gems that you, like, attach Uh to your face. And I thought, this is strange. What are you doing this for? She's hawking jewelry stickers, like, Claire-ass, like, feeling poke. I mean, they're, like, elevated. You know, it's, like, luxury Claire's. Okay, Etsy. (laughs) But I was was shocked and honestly was like, this isn't what I wanted for you, girl. I... I mean, that's, like, barely above tummy tea. That's for money, girl. Like, I can't. That's sad to me. That, honestly, you just made me really sad. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is a step backwards. and you should take a step forwards. Um, but, I mean, I wish the best for Tanache. I hope that we, since she's with Rock Nation now, which I feel like Rihanna was with Rock Nation oh. or is still. Either way, I'm like, okay, maybe Tanache will start heading in a direction yeah. that most other people can start to enjoy her the way that I have for, like, the last almost decade of my life. Yeah. I mean, Tuan is just like everyone loves Tuan. Yeah. Like you, there's, and you may not even know it's Tanache, right? Like, yeah. But my favorite part is um, later when she did that song with Britney Spears and they performed <gasps> it together like yes. once, and Britney Spears is like, give it up for Tanache. Like, <laughs> either. It's just like, I love you, Britney Spears. People like, love to call her Tina She, and yeah. I'm like, I mean, that's what her name looks like. It truly does. Ugh. Um, um, let's talk about Bella Thorne. Oh my God. She is in some hot water. Because she made $2 million on OnlyFans, oh. which, I mean, under normal circumstances, that'd be like, go you for making that kind of bank. But right. Bella Thorne, if you don't know who she is or you're like, who is this white girl? Um, she was on Shake It Up, a Disney a Disney Channel show with Zendaya. Um, honestly, I love to compare Bella Thorne to Zendaya because I'm like, Zendaya is doing much better in her career than Bella Thorne is. Oh, were they in the same thing? Yeah, they were like best friends on this show and they like... Oh. They were dancing and shaking it up. So it's called Shake It Up. Um, and then they like got off that show and went completely two different directions. But anyways. Like but, Ariana and that Victoria show. Like, yeah. Like to be the famous person. Perfect like, just, comparison. Ariana was like, nope, it's me. Yeah. I'm going to stop dyeing my hair red and now I just wear giant ponytails. Yeah, because she has no edges anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Bella Thorne was also in Assassination Nation, which is very good. Yes. And then that movie. The, the Babysitter. Babysitter. Yeah. She's cute in both of those things. She she's cute when she plays these like high school cheerleader like ditzy bitchy girls. And I mean she's she's honestly very beautiful. Yeah, like, she's a pretty. Very t- type of beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but she's very beautiful. Very like if you're, I always compare it to like if you're a high school straight white boy, you're probably jacking off to like Bella Thorne. Yeah, well, and that's what people wanted to do when she sent out the alert that was like see me i think i was like naked in the bath or like naked in bed or something mm-hmm. like that and it was 200 dollars to unlock the content and then she wasn't even nude right like right it was like basically an instagram photo which honestly has been happening a lot on OnlyFans, and i think some people think it's like that's the scam of it when actually there's a lot of very stupid 
men who have like a sexual kink of being humiliated with their money and so mm. they don't it's not that they're dumb like they're not I feel like half of these people are not stupid and thinking that Bella Thorne is gonna have a $200 OnlyFans that like won't get posted on a forum yeah. seven minutes after it opens yeah. it's like a little bit of this like public humiliation game of like you deserve my $200 even though you're making fun of me like you know it's like yeah. a push and pull kind of thing I also got a take that was like honestly it probably sold so much because of like all the pedophiles that have been like waiting for her to turn oh my god it's gross I didn't even think about that I know I know Disgusting. I don't know I don't know if that's like real real but yeah essentially though people unlocked it and were like $200 are you fucking kidding me you're not even new this is not what was advertised right. so they were like OnlyFans give me my money back and then OnlyFans loses X and X and X and X amount of dollars and then the pushback though is that uh, now creators on OnlyFans because of how much money they lost can only charge up to $50 for exclusive content mm. and there were people who were posting really amazing content and by content I mean most likely sex work content yeah. you know like that was worth $200 that was worth $200 like full production full like you know fucking whatever and they have a fan base and they have clients that they work really hard for mm-hmm. like OnlyFans especially like sex work is work and you can make a lot of money off of it and I read something that was like imagine if you're you know for OnlyFans creators that are making this much money they're like imagine if your monthly paycheck or like your weekly paycheck was now your monthly paycheck you know, it's like, mm. I, I'm, I'm going, I'm cutting a yeah. of losses by a quarter, yeah. you know. Um, and it just sucks because, like, she is, Bella Thorne is also already a millionaire, you know what I mean? And, like, it, she's not, I mean, she's kind of on this apology tour now of, like, trying to elevate sex work. But it's like, that wasn't what you, that's not where you, you started. Girl? Like, well, she keeps, like, pivoting on why she did it. And it's like, I feel like I've heard her say two things. Like she first said, um, I'm doing this sort of as research for a film that I'm doing like with this director, his name is Sean Baker. Like my the character, yeah, the Florida Project guy, Tangerine, if you've seen that, um, the director for that. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm doing this film with him around sort of sex work and what it looks like, you know, to do sex work online and online only. Um, and then you just talk to anyone. Get on Twitter. Yeah, it's Why that simple. You, you don't need to make one. People's money. Money. <laughs> but then Sean Baker came out and was just like, "I'm not making a film with <laughs> Bella Thorne about that. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about." <laughs> yeah, who is she? What is that? <laughs> um, so then I feel like she got embarrassed from that. So then suddenly she pivoted <laughs> to like, she "Oh, I'm doing this to shed a light on like sex work and what it is." And it's just like, "Girl, like let's just be honest. You were trying to make extra coin and like you did. You made 2 million dollars, mm-hmm. but you took all that money away from people that like actually needed it. You're a fucking celebrity. You already have 2 million dollars. You don't and need honestly, more." That's shitty. There's a part of me though that wishes she was more like the characters that she plays and come out and been like I did it because I could. Yeah. And locked off. I would have been like, respect, girl. Right? Like, she's <laughs> like, okay, you know, we've all lost quarantine money. You know, maybe she had a film project that wasn't with Sean Baker that she <laughs> had booked. I mean, I don't want to make, um, I almost said suspicions, allegations about what she did or did not have booked. But, yeah. you know, uh, get your coin. The, the problem, though, is when 
sex work is criminalized and then so that's like the biggest thing you know there's only certain avenues for sex workers to make money and only fans is one of those avenues but oh I'll wait for you and then there's um, so much stigma and shame around especially women who engage in sex work there they're mm-hmm. whores they're dirty they're all these horrible names that we've heard before you know and they don't get to be you know like I feel like young actresses can show like a tasteful titty every once in a while to yeah. like kind of level up to A-list but like that's really the level of respect that like can happen if there's like full nudity or other things that's like well that's porn you know like that's different that's yeah. yuck ew and it's like everyone consumes porn yeah and, like, we like porn OnlyFans is cool because it's like ethical porn often it's like ways for people to say I'm making this myself the yep. studio is not pimping I'm in out. control of my image I'm in control of right. my concept right. what I want to do with this and my fans you know mm-hmm. if you develop a following and I feel like that mixed with Twitter after Tumblr crashed were kind of like these like sex workers this is your lane and like then you cut them out of it by I don't know it's just so disrespectful but OnlyFans also if you have an OnlyFans I would suggest moving to a different site I don't know about just for fans or these other sites but they've been under this ridicule for closing accounts and then like different from like PayPal or whatever Venmo also was in some lawsuits last year for doing this too but if they close your account that money's in it's like not an FDIC thing backed thing it's like OnlyFans owns your money yeah and so they're in these lawsuits of people trying to get the money some people lots and lots of money in these yeah accounts. like tens and thousands of dollars right. they've so if you lost have and you're not going to move at least move your money out like every other day like yeah do not if you have a big drop take the money out the next day that day like, and honestly whatever fee there is for transferring it to your bank like i'm sure the percentage of that is just pay it compared to them just keeping all of it right. it's a much smaller price to pay right um and then I also wanted to bring up when we were when we were talking about Bella Thorne, like her sort of teasing this nudity and teasing sexual content that she's not actually doing. It's right. just like, girl, you don't even have to do that. Like, I know for a fact Cardi B has an OnlyFans, but she's let it be known. Like, I'm not on there fucking, I'm not on there naked, like I'm on there just like exclusive content for fans. Like, they'll get to see a peek inside of my life. Like, I'll tell them funny jokes that they're only gonna hear because they're right. paying to see it. So it's like you don't you don't have to make it sexual content girl like you could have made i don't know if like people are interested in bella thorne for anything other than sex she might not have made two million off of it but she <laughs> probably could have made two hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah we wouldn't be talking about her right now exactly you know she'd be fine she just like all the other girls i think shea coulee has like a con- she was like sponsored by OnlyFans after winning and it's like oh like um you know looks essentially it's like paid looks i think race chaser that podcast has um they release like videos on OnlyFans. It's just like, it's obviously not just porn, but it's a big way for sex workers to engage in that work. And it's just like really annoying. Also, what's really annoying and really, honestly, it just is like so upsetting. I watched part of it earlier today, but that kid, Lo Anthony, he was like mm-hmm. a little kid who like had that viral video. He's like calling all the basic bitches, calling all the basic bitches. He's like spinning his leg or whatever. <laughs> I think they brought him on a drag race one time to do it. Um, RuPaul thought it was hilarious. She loves a little twink. And um She sure does. This little twink is now an adult person who's like twenty one years old and is like making these YouTube videos about conversion therapy Gross. and like uh how God saved him and how his celibacy is holy and 
then got backlash from it because people were like, you know people die from this. Like, you know that this, mm-hmm. like, doesn't often help people, and there's always a bunch of very vocal people who go through some sort of Christian whatever, and then they spend some time being real fucking loud about how their life has changed, and then they either, like, kill themselves or suck a dick next week. Like, it's like, it doesn't work. <laughs> or, or both. They end up sucking a dick, and then they feel guilty about doing it, right. and then that leads to a spiral that takes them to a really dark place. It's just, like, it's so weird, though, to watch this, like, viral faggotry, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it, I'd be, like, if Chris Crocker was, like, I'm, I'm uh, a I haven't heard that now. name in so long. <laughs> oh, she's, I think she does, she has OnlyFans. Um, but, like, I don't know. There's that, if you don't know what conversion therapy is, I don't know where you've been, but, um, I don't know, there's that movie Boy Erased that came out last year, the year before, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, With, um... Mystical that one, Kidman yeah. Uh, Troy Lucas in it being a little tiny. Oh yeah, and like Lucas, hot. I don't know people. Yeah, some little. I feel like he's like a little Netflix boy or something. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, that is a pretty accurate representation of like and what those types of things are like. It's essentially, you know, you are capable of rising above your quote same sex attraction, and mm-hmm. it just people die, man. And like this little kid. It's sad because, like, I get the pain in it, honestly. Like, I really understand why sometimes that type of thing is appealing, especially if you have a drug addiction. You know, like, there's, like, there's always going to be some desire for safety, some desire for saving, you know? And then you get caught up in a certain rhetoric, but it's just, like, I can see that that's not going to serve this person, especially when they're they're talking, like, this girl's a packet. Like, yeah. Like, she just is. And it's like, I, it, I, I feel so sad that this is also happening so publicly because I feel like a lot of Christian gays mm-hmm. kind of go through these things sometimes privately where they might like come out and then kind of go back in the closet a little bit and then realize that that's actually not a good idea and come back out. But this person is like, they've had like 32 million people watching them since they were like 11 years old. Yeah. You know, and I just... It just makes me sad that there's other kids who maybe have saw a lot of inspiration in this person and are now like, oh, well, maybe I need Jesus too. And it's like, you know, you're never going to be Justin Bieber. You know what I mean? No. Like, you're not going to have that famous Christian, and I mean, we all need lifestyle. We all, I think everybody needs Jesus. <laughs> not to make us straight, sure. but like, <laughs> we all need him in some way or need just like some sort of direction. I'm not sure. going to say it's Jesus specifically. Okay. I'm not that religious, but... Just in the sense of, we all need Jesus. Um, I keep thinking of when you were, when you brought up Boy Erased. Remember that movie? But I'm a cheerleader with Natasha yes. Leone. That was like conversion therapy, yes. right? They that sent her the to like a camp. Boy Erased is a sad. Yeah, yeah, Nicole yeah. Nicole Kidman in a wig virgin, and then like, but I'm a cheerleader. I can't. Yeah, I okay. I feel like when I was a kid, I saw that movie, and I think it also helped my sort of understanding. Like, oh, I think I'm gay. <laughs> And like, it's very campy. It's very say, funny. It's not even just the fact that it's about gay people. And no. That being fine. It's about... It is. It has a specific queer sensibility in the exactly. whole thing. And you're like, oh, this I'm really speaks into this. to me. Like, yeah. It's irreverent. It is, like, poking holes at everything I'm supposed to yeah. understand about the world. It's such a good movie. Is if Parker Posey in that? You should. What? Is Parker Posey in that? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I, I just really picture Natasha Lyonne a lot. But I think yeah. Paul might be in it. Oh, okay. she's like a camp counselor or something maybe I don't know it's can really we just rename movie. this podcast Parker Posey love <laughs> <laughs> we're obsessed <laughs> 
Um, okay, I want to talk about. Let's get into some a little bit of music before we get into some like serious stuff. Um, so uh, I see here you have the Dua Lipa Club album. Oh yeah, Dua Peep. She Dua came Peep. back from retirement and she said, "Listen, she was going for a full three months." Right. <laughs> she gave us. Future nostalgia at the beginning of quarantine. I think um, I absorbed a lot of really negative reactions to the album, like online. Like the the club one or the original? The club one. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Gay's like the first one. I, got. I was going to say, don't make me go fight somebody. I, I like that one. It's great, honestly. But the remix album, the club mixes are, I mean, the one read I have about it is that it's that woman, the Blessed Madonna, who like just changed her name from the Black Madonna like yeah. seven minutes ago because she like has like this fake woke reaction to yeah. BLM or something. Whatever. Fuck her. I'm happy that I didn't know who that was sure. until after she changed her name because I was like oh I would have written this whole song off if I had saw that well I mean I very much feel like it was suspiciously timed it's like, oh yeah hey we want to release this but um literally there's a whole like thing happening in the streets and like we can't have you on this album over and over being called the black Madonna yeah also Madonna is on a song we can't have Madonna and the black Madonna and it's just like a white woman and a fat white woman like it's not the same thing you know what I mean <laughs> and I feel like um I read a lot of negative reactions to it, but when I observed, uh, absorbed it, which I haven't heard all of it, I feel like I've heard like half of it. I'm just like, oh, it's just, they're just literally remixes. I feel like people mm-hmm. like. Do they feature like new people on them, or is that one? What is it? Um... So Gwen Stefani's on one. And oh, okay. Like Mark Ronson's on that song, I think, and then, but it is kind of like other people singing. Of it's not like a new verse. It's like they're the just same. singing. Her yeah, because that's what Madonna voice. did on that one, right. and I couldn't, I could tell the difference in voices, but I remember sure. expecting to hear, like, a Madonna verse, right. and I was like, oh, no, it's the same lyrics. The only person that got a new verse was Missy, because right. Missy's not going to sing it. There's a Yeji song. song on it, though, and I really Ooh. like that remix. So it's like a lot of, it's more remix DJs coming in and doing their own production. Got it. Um, I feel like it makes it fun to listen to, it's because it's, like, familiar, but then it's, like, new I don't know. I, I don't think it's terrible. I think absorbing it as, like, new content completely, it's like, well, no, it's not a pop song. It's a club mix. A club mix, yeah. <laughs> it's meant to, like, drive to. It's meant to dance to. It's meant to yeah, go yeah. on a beach and, like, vibe to. It's not meant to, like, <laughs> sing along <laughs> in your car necessarily. But, yeah, yeah. Very um, that. It's cute, though. Dula Peep. She's there. She did it. Like, speaking of clubs, I know the Disclosure album. First of all, the Disclosure album dropped, and I was like, what? Disclosure just gave us an album? They've been, like, doing... um. Like EPs and are they on it? Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe I haven't gotten that far. It's long. I feel like it's like twenty songs long, I and I maybe he did that. He did that um, ungodly art song for them. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I think so. No wonder why I love that song it's so much. Uh, well, I'm obsessed with Disclosure. Have been for a very long time. Um, there's a couple of songs I do want to shout out. There's a song called Birthday with um, Sid and not Janae Aiko. Damn, what is her name? Don't Kalani. tell me. Kalani, there we go. Um, great song. <laughs> Very close to the same same lanes. Yeah. Um, that song's really good. And then let me just pull it up real quick on my Spotify because I don't want to lie to y'all. Um, oh, and then there's this song called Lavender with Channel Trace that is, mwah, it's like the second song in the album and I love it. Um, I love Channel Trace. I feel like Carlos showed them to me. Maybe you did. I feel like we went on a trip. We went on that, that Robin concert they oh, opened exactly and we were all like who are these people yeah like duh channel uh, trance and i'm like girl you are always in some basement underground listening to music but anyways i love experiencing someone that i've never heard from before the first time live mm-hmm. and then it, 
it doesn't matter that I've never heard it before because they're just giving it to me. That's yeah. how I felt about Channel Trust. But they have a new song on the Disclosure album. Yeah, called Lavender. It's great. It's the second song. And then the first song features Khalees, who... Oh, I love her. Love her. Don't hear from her far, like, anywhere near enough. Oh, um, that acapella song. but check it out oh this is why it's so long it is actually 20 songs long and it's two discs that's why um i've only made it up through disc one on spotify there's like two little discs so i assume if there was an album it'd be like a double thing can you imagine going to a store and buying a cd no I couldn't imagine going to a store right now. (laughs) Um, But from what I've heard so far, Disclosure Album is good. I also want to shout out my girl Jasmine Sullivan dropped a song, um, I think this past Friday, called Lost One. Um, Jasmine Sullivan has been around for a while. I feel like she went the Summer Walker route and is like, well, what Summer Walker is probably going to end up doing. Um, and she just like disappeared off the scene for a bit because she had, like had had it with the entertainment industry sort of performing for people and not being able to sort of control um, her own music and her own sort of creativity. Yeah, I've heard of social anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> very familiar with her. Um, and then, you know, like here and there, she'll drop like a song. I know last year there was a song I was obsessed with that she did with Kindness um, that was really good. And then she just dropped this song this Friday called Lost One, which is really slow. Um, definitely like a moody, vibey song. It's about like what happens right after a breakup. Like, like texting your ex, sort of. Like. Yeah, essentially like... Yeah, you can go live your life, but don't have too much fun without me. Like, don't yeah, love too much. Really yeah. Like, it gives me, um, I think, like, kind of like filling that SZA void in mm-hmm. my life a little bit. Like, I'm waiting for that, but I will take. Where's SZA? I need her. Her clock is broken. You know, like, she does not know what time it is, but it's time to release that girl. Girl, come on. <laughs> time to fix that clock. <laughs> it's like R9 and Normani and SZA. Like, where I'm waiting, waiting patiently, but I'm gonna start getting mad soon. No, her voice sounds beautiful in that song. It's yeah, crazy. she's. A, I mean, Jasmine Sullivan can blow. Um, she's a really good singer. Have I ever seen her live? No. What are you laughing at? Because I said blow. Yeah, Jess, someone can blow. <laughs> I remember, so... She gets great head. She gets great head. I mean, I feel like usually now I say, like, oh, so-and-so can, like, sing instead of, like, sing. But I used to say blow, and I feel like everybody would chuckle. And I'd be like, what? Like, her lungs can blow. I'm not talking about, like, sucking a dick. I mean, she probably can. I mean, it is a confusing <laughs> way to talk about sucking dick. Because, like, when you're a kid and you hear, like, blowjobs, you're like... What are you doing? <laughs> have you... just, just breathe on it could you um, imagine somebody just like exhaling on your dick yeah. <laughs> that's it tingles <laughs> um speaking of tingles oh. no there's no tingles um i'm gonna talk about something that i never talk about which is sports let's go so actually before sports i'll give you the context behind this obviously um it's been a long week. It's been a long, tough week. There, there's not been a lot of great news. Like between the RNC happening, which I don't even want to talk about because that was a shit show, yeah. um, and I don't believe anything that came out of anybody's mouth during that. Um, right? Um, there was this shooting of Jacob uh, Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Sure, um, that happened, and. I don't want to get into it too much because, again, it's more black, not death this time. I think he's paralyzed for the time being and is still in, like, um, intensive care, but was shot in the back a couple of times by um, some police officer, seven times, by police officers. Um, 
breaking up a fight. Yeah. And just a simple reminder, you guys, like, <laughs> black people are still being shot, still being killed. The work is not done. Like, just because your Instagram feed is going back to normal, just because maybe where you're at, you're not seeing a lot of news about this, um, doesn't mean that it's not happening. I know we're in, we're in Portland. Protests are still going on. We can get into that a little bit later, too. But someone died last night. Somebody died last night. Yeah. Um, there was a Trump caravan that came through. Anyways, Jacob Blake got shot, um, which then has obviously spurred a lot of conversation, a lot of discussion, even more so on race and police brutality. Um, and then what happened that I was truly shocked by, um, I think it was the Milwaukee Bucks. Somebody's going to correct me. I know nothing about basketball or teams. But anyways, it was the Bucks. Yeah, they just didn't show up to their um, playoff game. Um, they stayed in the locker room, waited there for like three hours, and then came back out and made a statement saying that like they weren't going to play until essentially something was done about all this systemic racism and police brutality. And then <clears throat> I believe the Lakers and the Clippers and a few other teams like followed suit. I know LeBron James was like, I'm not playing um, because this is not... What I love about this is these NBA teams, like the players, it's not like the coaches or like the owners. They're not making that decision. The players are saying, we're not playing mm -hmm. um, because you guys need to do something about this. And also basketball and basketball playoffs and sports is not important right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that hurts some people's feelings out there like that are really into sports and need that for entertainment. But like, I hate to break it to you. Like this basketball game can fucking wait right now. Well, I mean, I think also basketball is in some ways a really great thing to, to to make this movement because mm -hmm. like it is built on white people yep. buying and trading black bodies for yep. entertainment you know and so that I think is a whole other conversation and you know thing we can get into at some point but yeah. um, you know collective action can work you know what I mean like it's different imagine if Kaepernick was met with his entire team not leaving exactly instead, is now this pariah, you know what I mean? I like, know. This team, and now some other teams are doing it. You know, I mean, I, I barely kept up because I kept seeing a basketball and it's like, scroll. But, like, yeah. I also <laughs> was trying to understand because of the context that you're talking about. And yeah. I think it's super cool. I, I hope th these things... I don't know. I, I, I want to see more of it. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and I mean, I will say it, it doesn't suck, but it's just like, maybe it's me not ha having too high of a expectation from others, but like, sure, I'm happy the players themselves decided to like start this and do this. It would have meant so much more if the actual owners and like coaches were like, we're not gonna do this, mm -hmm. right? Cause that shows actual solidarity versus like your players having to like make that announcement themselves and you just having to get on board because like you don't have a choice, which at the end of the day, it's like, you guys will be fine. It's the NBA. Like, it's not going anywhere. At some point, like, people will play again and everything will go back to normal. Well, and then also this slightly frustrating thing, too, is that, like, some of these leaders in basketball met with Barack Obama, mm. who told them to play ball. Yeah. Who told them to, like, get back to work and then negotiate later. And it's just, like, that is disappointing to hear, Yeah. Mr. President. Like, that is... I don't know. I mean, there's lots about that legacy that are really amazing and really awful at the same time, you know, and that's like hard to, um, 
not idolize that person because of what it feels like yeah. when you see that person, you know? And well, this is why I advocate for not putting people on pedestals right. and never, ever, ever. Just don't idolize people, guys. It's not that deal. You can find inspiration from a person. Somebody can motivate you and inspire you, but, like, don't. I don't put anybody on a pedestal in my life. Right. Maybe so my what, mom. <laughs> what are, like, um, three negative things about Beyonce? Okay, you want to go there? No. <laughs> I can't handle the beat. Girl, cause I can think of three things that I've been like, I'm not on board, girl. Yeah, but... talk about the production. <laughs> <laughs> the <video is> scary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, They're like um, the the barbs, but like with like master's degrees. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Oh my goodness. I uh, Somebody this weekend I was talking to, I got, granted, a non-black person was like, I just don't get it about Beyonce. And I was like, you don't get it because, like, <laughs> I think you're white. You don't understand how hard a black woman has to work to make it to where she is. So while you don't really see the work, that woman is working her ass off to, like, get yeah. to where she is. Because, like, she can't just do what, no shade to Britney, but, like, she's not just some white girl with blonde hair that can get up there and, like, shake her tits and make a bajillion dollars, sure. right? Um, not to say that's what Britney Spears is doing. Um, yeah. yeah, and then second, the same guy was just like, I don't get the WAP thing, like, I'm not really into that, it's really like, um, what did he say, he was just like, I'm really into like, hip hop these days, and like, people actually talking about things, and I was like, they are talking about something, it's female empowerment, like, whenever a white person says hip hop, it's like, automatically suspicious, yeah, I'm like, I already don't respect what you're saying, yeah. but like, I'll hear you out, like, you um, read a history of hip hop wikipedia yeah. page once, and think that you have an opinion, and then I was like, as he kept going on, I was just like, ah, what I'm hearing is, you respect men rappers not women rappers that's what you mean when you say hip-hop yep. like if it's a woman you think it's just like oh they're just talking about whatever i don't like it um anyways i just wanted to throw that in there yeah, sorry fine um before we head into the work i do want to talk a little bit about chadwick boseman who passed away uh this past friday from colon cancer which is a battle he was having that uh nobody knew about it seems like i think he and his girlfriend and obviously his um family knew but like he didn't share that news with anybody um chadwick boseman if you don't know who he is uh played <clears throat> t'challa who is also black panther from uh the marvel cinematic universe um, beyond that, he also played, I believe, Thurgood, Mar Thurgood Marshall. Um, he was in Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, which is on Netflix. Go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's a pretty long watch, but it's really good. Um, and he's just—he's been in a lot of good movies. Um, and for me personally, I had a very sort of uh, emotional reaction the first time that I saw the Black Panther trailer i remember i was in a bar it was during the nba playoffs funny enough um i was with a bunch of white people <laughs> and i looked up at the screen and i didn't even hear the sound i was just looking at the trailer and i just started like wailing like crying right um because at that up to that point in my life i had never ever ever like really seen a black superhero um and definitely not a black superhero that was getting their own film made and I remember when that movie came out, I saw it like six times. Like I saw it the first time and then I sort of dragged anybody I could to go see it with me the next five times. Um, so Friday night was, it was tough. Like beyond Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman is just somebody who you could tell, like really appreciated every single day, really, really, really paid attention to the small things that we should all be paying attention to every single day. Um, and was just like a leader 
in the black community and very much so in the entertainment industry um, when it came to like black, when it comes to black Hollywood. So losing him is truly like losing a really big hero and a really big sort of um, this just like figure in the black community. Um, there's it's. <laughs> I see everything on Instagram and I know it's, it feels a little like the same as when we see these other like civil rights leaders die or um, these other really big sort of, what you think more of like social justice people die? And I think Chadwick Boseman definitely deserves to be there as well. I think a lot of people just look at him as like a, a movie star and it's like he did so much more outside of that. Um, and his entire like film trajectory was like, as they say, for the culture. It was, like, It's he was black excellence across the board. Himself. Exactly. Obviously, there's an element of like wanting to work and being an artist, and it was always, at least for me, it was always perceived to me as like it was this is this is for us. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I'm not the collective us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's I I before we get into the work, I just wanted to acknowledge that and just say like, rest in paradise, Chadwick Boseman. You. You were amazing in the short amount of time that we had you, and I was looking forward to so much more. And I don't think Black Panther 2 had started filming, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh, I hope that we can all sort of carry that torch forward in your honor. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I am excited to um, talk with Yasmin. Yeah. I was getting emotional just now, so I'm going to suck it back up. <gasps> When we come back, we're going to talk to my sister, um, currently running for councilwoman in Culver City, um, Los Angeles, soon to be the first black woman elected. Um, You know, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to come back and talk to her. Um, So stay tuned. Yeah, we are. are back with our very special guest, Yasmeen McMorrin, AKA my sister, my unofficial Spellman sister and best friend. Hey girl. Hi. How you finally, doing? Finally, finally, finally. I know, we've been talking about this for months and now you're finally on the podcast mm-hmm. at the perfect time. How you doing over there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing as well as I can. I'm I'm grateful to be healthy, grateful to have shelter, grateful to have food to eat, and you know my family is good. So, so that's what I'm grateful for. There we go. It's, <laughs> it has been a week, yes. <laughs> to say the very least. Yeah, um, I'm feeling it. I'm sure you're feeling it, Maddie. I don't know if you're feeling it, but it's definitely been a week. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell the people who you are, Yas? Um, I know you very, very, very well, and I know that you are running, uh, for office, uh, in Culver City, uh, to be on the council. So I don't know, you tell, you tell the people, you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I just want to thank you both, uh, for having me today. I really appreciate you sharing your platform with me. Uh, and okay, so my name is Yasmin Imani <laughs> McWarren. Uh, I am honored to be running for Culver City Council uh, in November, November 3rd. 
Uh, during the day, I work as the Interim Dean of Students and Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at USC Gould School of Law. Um, for the city, I serve as the Vice Chair of the General Plan Advisory Committee, and I also serve on the Equity Strategic Planning Committee for our school district here in Culver City. Um, I co-founded an organization um, dedicated to families of color in Culver City called the Culver City Community of Color Collective. Um, and yeah, you know, um, pronouns are she, she, her, hers. <laughs> I'm trying to get better <laughs> and using them sooner <laughs> and, and consistently. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm a single mom. Uh, you already know, Sean, uh, that um, my daughter is 12, so we are uh, in a very interesting time, uh, yeah. <laughs> a very interesting age that we're experiencing right now, and we're still <laughs> pretty uh, quarantined at home. Uh, I don't even know how y'all are doing well, it, I'm Listen, <laughs> by the grace of God alone. <laughs> <laughs> the grace of God alone. Are um, the schools fully online? Uh, yeah, she started school this week, actually. Uh, okay. Everything has been remote. Um, we've sort of been easing into it with half days. But she's met all of her teachers. You know, I got all of her supplies. Primarily, um, either with order pickup or, or um, you know, deliver it to the house. So, you know, we're blessed. She's, she's ready to go seventh grade. I did not take, like, a traditional. I always, like, Instagram, like, her first day like since she was in kindergarten or you know whenever instagram started becoming a thing um but i didn't this year so i'm gonna have to mm. you know put something up on the second week or something <laughs> but it doesn't feel it's like such a weird time you know right. um between work and the lines between work and home are so blurred and with the campaign mm -hmm. and just everything that's going on so um but yeah life life is going on despite despite all of it so um but in terms of the campaign, I'm super um, excited to basically center equity in all the things. Um, equity is like my, um, like a, a core value for me. And, you know, I want that to be reflected in our policies, um, our budgets. Um, and I want us to uh, really explore and, and make sure that we have a safe and thriving community for everybody. That includes our small businesses, you know, folks who are just coming here to visit um, and of course you know that that deals with policing right we want to make sure that um, folks are having a good experience with our with our all of our city services so um, it's an interesting time to be a black woman and and be running in a sort of a middle class um, upper middle class neighborhood uh, progressive community um, but you know it's it's exciting I, I'm getting some really um, some really prominent endorsements this week. So yeah, <laughs> I'm really grateful for that. So um, yeah, you know, so that's me. That's <laughs> you. I love that you brought up equity because um, I think a lot of people say that word, but don't like really know what it is. Um, so do you want to maybe expound a little bit more on what that looks like um, in your position that you're running for and what it would sort of mean for a city and like city services? Because I'm used to running into that word when it comes specifically to like diversity and inclusion initiatives. It's specifically like with work, but that's mm -hmm. a little bit different uh, with what you're going to be doing. Yeah, so equity for me is when folks get what they need to thrive. So when you think about that in a city uh, framework, it's like, you know, we provide services um, and, you know, we set policy for what the city is going to do. Um, so 
how I look at it is who is in the room, <laughs> who's not in the room. Um, you know, how are these policies going to affect, you know, folks? And, I, and what I try to do when I think about, you know, anything is like, who is most affected or will be most impacted by this? Like basically who is closest to the pain of whatever this is. And that could be simple as, you know, you know, trash services or, <laughs> um, you know, providing, you know, services to our unhoused community um, or, you know, dealing with policing and, and um, how folks can, you know, make complaints or, you know, it, but it's really, you know, in the, analysis of so I don't know let's make an example um so so the other you know I, I bought a home uh, during this this wild and crazy time super grateful for that Congrats. but I had to get rid of some thank you I had to get rid of some big items um so I had heard at a city council meeting from one of the council members that you could like call the city number um and everyone every Culver City resident will get like a free pickup once a year but if you live in a multifamily building, that's not the case. You have to pay a fee. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, well, how did that decision come about? <laughs> because that's right. not equitable at all. Like, why are folks, you know, I've just moved here, you know, a couple months ago. Right. Um, I've never used this service before, but someone in a home can have a free pickup. But, you know, because I live in a, in a condo, um, I had to pay, I think it's like, I don't know, 55 bucks or whatever to have them pick up, you know, a mattress or whatever else. So, I mean, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, why is that policy being um, inequitably, you know, carried out or whatever? And no one probably thought about that. You know, I think most of our current council members uh, live in single family homes, I think. I think we have one renter. So, yeah, so we have, that That happened in 2018. He's also uh, our first black council member. That was in 2018 also. Um, also happens to be a renter. Uh, and yeah, so I just think that it doesn't come up. Like if you have privilege and you occupy certain spaces and certain things are normalized, it's like you're not thinking about how it impacts, you know, I'm a single parent. I know what it feels like to live paycheck to paycheck. I know what it feels like to have housing insecurity. And so, but I, again, I, I can't claim to um, obviously know how everyone is showing up in all, you know, marginalized or oppressed communities. But that's why we need more voices at the table. We need more people to join committees and commissions and, you know, be a part of our city council meetings and submit public comment because as electeds or just, you know, as folks who serve our city, we are accountable to y'all. You know, that's that's how that's how I think it should be. Right. <laughs> and I, I that's how I want to lead. I want to listen to people who are experiencing, you know, and I don't like the word pain, but, you know, like who are closest to however the policy is going to be carried out and really making sure that we are lifting up folks, making sure that there's as much equity or, or making sure that folks are getting what they need to be, you know, be happy and healthy and, you know, participate in our city. Absolutely. So how we're going to formalize that and like figure out, I'm going to have to work with staff and like, I really want like to create a framework or, or my, not a checklist. That sounds too cliche, but like, Right now, we have a progressive council. Hopefully, folks will get uh, will get another progressive, you know, wave elected uh, in November. But the idea is, you know, we want to make sure that folks are thinking about this, even if there's no progressives on the council. Like, we want to sort of mm. build this into sort of how we run our city and make sure that, like, I don't have to be on the council to make sure that we're thinking about 
like this disparate treatment in a particular city policy. Right. So yeah, it's like a it's like a lens versus a specific amount of things. And so yeah. if you leave the right questions for people, yeah. they're always going to have the questions, and maybe their answer is going to show them their own prejudice, right? Like that's the goal. That's the goal. And it's it's so hard sometimes because we think about these awful things in this world. And then there's obviously this very big election that we have, we have some options, you know? And so there's a, there's such a desire to kind of like see things change as quick as they can. And we, I think people forget that houselessness is literally just a policy issue. Like yep. these, these other things are not these inherent evils or these inherent, uh, products of society we completely make them by how we make our laws and so mm -hmm. i i'm excited to um not repeat what you just said but just to mirror <laughs> uh, my excitement for things like that i'm really interested though in how you're taking care of yourself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, we <question>. go. <laughs> there we go because she's juggling it seems like the yeah. world sometimes girl yeah i mean so let me say this I could be doing, I'm 100% honest, I could be doing a better job with that. Um, but what I love to do is read and journal. So like right before this call, and this this week has been particularly heavy for me. Mm -hmm. um, I work, you know, in the equity space. I have um, for some time now, but um, now I'm in this new role where I'm director and I'm dean. So um, all of these, you know, heavy, um, things keep happening, which further complicates all of the work stuff. So I do a lot of reading. I just bought um, Toni Morrison's Sula. Um, mm. I hadn't read it yet. I've been meaning to. And I love Toni Morrison. And I just, you know, her words are like food. I don't know. <laughs> like, mm. I love her. And um, so I, I recently bought that book. And so I was reading that a little bit before I got on this call with y'all because I've, I don't know, I've just been off this week. And I mean, I've done all the things I've shown up to the meetings, you know, um, but it's, it's weird. We are in the middle of a, an epidemic, uh, you know, a pandemic rather. And, um, you know, we're having this looming eviction crisis, um, you know, systemic racism is still, you know, <laughs> alive and well, and right. it's just, everyone is acting like everything is, you know, okay, and it's not, so, so yeah, so I'm reading, I'm journaling, I'm leaning on my friends, um, I've had, like, a couple of really good conversations with folks this week, like, I talked with Sean, and um, another girlfriend from law school, which was really, like, just, you know, talking and laughing, or, you know, um, reminiscing sometimes, right? Um, but I could do a better job. My mom was always like, you need to start meditating again. My mom uh, recently became a yoga instructor, uh, like last year. Uh, so she has like uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday yoga classes. So when I'm, when I'm able, I try to join in and she's, you know, she's- Do you have her near you? No, uh, it's just my daughter and I in LA. Okay. Um, we're in Culver City. And um, I have like some really good friends and community here that we've cultivated um, since we've moved here. But um, most of my family is in Georgia or in the Jersey area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So joining virtually, doing like yoga. Yeah. Got it, got it, yeah. got it. Um, something I'm also thinking about and curious about too is um, 
I mean, you're naming the the real stuff, right? Like, I mean, we had like another lynching go viral this week, right? And like, what does it mean to one, have to think about caring for your daughter and caring for yourself. And then also thinking about, I also see myself as willing and able and excited to do my best to care for my city. Like that is, that's a lot to balance. And like, I think I even feel bad, you know, naming like, how are you taking care of yourself? Cause that puts another job onto you that you maybe don't necessarily ask for. Which I'll call out is, I think we talked about it last week, is a very unique situation for Black women. Right. It's this, this place of having to take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, I, I still think it's a good reminder to say, like, you deserve love, you know, like, you deserve that space yeah. and time, <laughs> et cetera. And then also, though, you know, how, uh, what does the juggling feel like, especially when there's this moment? I feel it's very natural for me to be engaged in service. Um... I got pretty involved. I mean, we moved here in 2016, which was not that long ago, um, but I immediately like joined the PTA at my daughter's elementary school and, you know, got to know school board members and got to know some of the, you know, council members. Um, I'm a queen of uh, programs. I love leadership programs, especially when you're new to a place that helps you like find your tribe, find your community. Um, and so, um, I feel a little bit of it feels natural to serve. And I never thought I would run for office per se. It wasn't something that I set out to do. But people, I guess, saw me working and, um, you know, asked me to run. And I had to think about it. I had to weigh, you know, my options and, um figure out like, you know, what that would look like. And it is a lift. Like, I'm not saying that it's easy, um, but I feel like I'm in alignment and that's mm. really important for me. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer because it does feel heavy. There are like weeks like this week where it's like, oof, like it would be nice if I could just have a little vacation and a little break. But the nature of my job now, it's really hard. Even when I'm off, like, I'm not really off because, you know, things are happening and I have to respond to them or whatever. Um, and the same, like, you know, if I get elected or when I get elected, you know, um, you're on. Like, you're never, even when you go to the grocery store. I remember I got noticed um, here at my new place and somebody was like, oh, you're, you're the, and you know, I have my mask on, probably got my LA hat, you know. <laughs> I'm looking regular and um, you know somebody was like oh yeah you're running for council right and I'm like yes <laughs> hello <laughs> good to see you yes I, it's, it's me um, is that draining oh. like is it huh. draining having to wear that sort of image I don't think I've ever asked you this but like I know that we've talked a bit about image management and again like I'm going to say when you get elected, like when you get elected, like what comes with that and sort of the weight it carries to have people look up to you or to sort of have these expectations from you, um, being somebody that's in service to them. Um, I guess I wonder like, yeah, what, what does that feel like sort of juggling? I feel like I know like the real quote, quote unquote, like real Yasmin, right? Like we've gone on vacation together. We've, we've hung out together. And then there's like, 
professional Yasmin, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is it like sort of marrying those two identities together or juggling the two of them? I mean, it was really important for me in, in the decision to run that I bring my full self uh, with me. Um, and, you know, a little bit, you know, there's code switching involved of just being like a Black professional, you know, or, you know, so certain things, that's just a part of being a professional. So I don't really consider mm-hmm. that as a, a thing for running. <laughs> um, but in terms of, it's just another thing. But like, it's no different than like being Dean of Students or Director of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. Like it's the same level of, you know, whatever. I mean, but at the end of the day, electeds, deans, you know, whoever, everybody is a regular person. This experience has taught me nothing else but to just normalize people being people. Everyone um, makes mistakes. (laughs) Everyone is trying their best with the tools that they have available to them. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know if I answered the question per se, but like at the end, also a lot of this too is like just being a parent. Like at the end of the day, Maddie is seeing everything, even the things I probably don't want her to see, right? (laughs) She's (laughs) absorbing everything like a Absolutely. And, you know, I want to make her proud. I want to make my family proud. And it's like, we have this one life. Um, I'm, I'm always acutely, um, Maddie, you don't know this, but my, my sister, I had an older sister. She passed away when I was in college and she was 32. She was getting ready to turn um, 33. And I just turned 32 uh, this month. And, um, you know, I'm just acutely aware, like, none of this is promised. You know, this life is, you know, hopefully it's long, um, but you have to do what you can with the tools that you have um, to make you know, whatever your your little impact is. And for me, I think I, I feel the most joy and I feel the most, um, in, you know, in purpose or whatever when I'm, you know, working for others, when I'm helping to make, you know, the world a little bit more equitable in my, my little area of influence. So if that means that I can't get a sleeve or I don't get like a septum nose ring, but I, you know, just have my one, you know, (laughs) my traditional one over here because that's more acceptable. Like that's okay because that means that I can still have the impact that I think, you know, I can have. And no shade to anybody who has a sleeve or a septum nose ring. Right. Right. It's a real thing. The perception is real. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the perception is a perception, right? Right. So, Um, You were saying that like you are recognizing that people you know, do the best with what they have. And I think mm-hmm. that the culture of politics and the, the the culture of stepping into being a sort of, you know, what some folks might name like a public servant, right? That has an inherent level of hopefulness in people. It has an inherent level of possibility. Um, has that something that you feel like you've, you've always possessed or like that is a, a learned thing? Did you have to teach yourself that? D- does that make sense? And like that... Yeah. As a yeah, go ahead. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could do this if I didn't think we could do it better. Right. Hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm when I moved here, um, I did not have a job. I wrote out these affirmations and some of my favorite Bible verses, and I framed them. And they're not up in my room just yet, but that's because I haven't hung anything up yet. <laughs> Still working on that. Um, but they will be hung up in the new place. But it's just you words are so powerful and if you remind yourself like you know you have a purpose 
no two people are the same. No two people are going to have the same impact or whatever. So that's why, like, even though I'm running, I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm running as myself. I'm, you know, um, running to be accountable to my community, but to really uplift, you know, some ideas that, like, who, who would think that in 2020 you could run on defunding the police? You know, like, really be committed. Like, my, my official statement is, like, you know, commitment of 50%. In a, like an upper middle class or middle class, you know, neighborhood, and like I actually have a shot, right? Like, I mean, I didn't even think <laughs> that I could be super, you know, transparent about that because it wasn't super mainstream. But now in 2020, everyone knows about the disproportionate outcomes and treatment of um, our police, unfortunately, um, toward folks of color, particularly for Black folks. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I I believe in affirmation. I believe in, you know, hope. And it, it just has to get, this cannot be it. 2020 cannot be. <laughs> oh, I refuse. We, <laughs> it has to get better than this. So, right. you know, let's elect some progressive folks. You know, let's hold them accountable. Let's not just vote and then, like, walk away. Let's make sure that we continue to engage, you know, myself included. Um because it, it only works when everyone participates. Right. This is really our government. If 2020 stays like this after November, I'm moving oh. out of the country. I'm leaving. I don't care. I'm getting a boat and I'm going somewhere. I just, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I have had it. <laughs> I've had it. <laughs> I'm really concerned about our democracy. I, I, I like, like all jokes aside, I'm really, I'm really concerned, especially with what they're doing with the post office. Right. Oh yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's scary. Do you have folks or do you have suggestions for folks who are concerned about voting and mail-in voting and what they might be able to do um, to quell some of that anxiety? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, like a, an elections expert uh, by any means, uh, but I would just recommend what I plan to do is um, California is mailing out everyone's ballot. They send everyone like a little postcard to verify your new address. And so I sent it back. And so I'll receive my mail, my mail-in ballot. Uh, what is it? October 5th. I should know this on the top of my head because <laughs> the campaign, the sort of mail is, is um, set by when that drops. I think it's October 5th. Um, but I'm planning on utilizing uh, either a vote by mail center to actually just fill it out and drop it off. Or they have like little, um, like oh, they look like mail things, at least in California, right? Because every state is different. Oregon's similar, yeah. They, yeah, they have like a little place where you can go and drop it off. So I don't, I'm not going to utilize me personally, and this is no shade to um, the United States Postal Service. We should right. save it. We should buy stamps. Buy some stamps, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, call your senator and, you know, support, you know, them receiving additional funding or whatever. But um, that that's how I'm to make sure that someone actually gets it at yeah. the time that they should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're wrapping up, but is there anything else we're we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and share um take our meds and sort of share what's making us happy but before we get into any of that um is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners any sort of key takeaway that you want to leave them with um not a heavy question at all <laughs> no not at all um i would just say there is if if you're interested in running you should run 
Um, there is nothing special, extraordinarily special about me. Um, That's not true. Well, we're all special in our own way, man. I, yeah. <laughs> I knew I'm the point, and I also needed to make the affirmation. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I don't know anybody now. that could be doing what you're doing right now, personally. Like, I, you, know you are an inspiration. <laughs> but the thing I'm trying to say is, if that's something you want to do, like, I would say just feel free to reach out to me, especially if you're young, if you're a person of color, if you're a member of the LGBT plus community, whatever. Um, I am willing to, I mean, we'll see if I'm successful. Hopefully I am. I, I hope I will be the first black woman on our council. Um, but I would say just go for it. And look for look for helpers like i'm i'm willing to to be helpful and like read over stuff or whatever but it, this is our government um so we need to be on the on the dais we need to be in these committees we need to be a part of these bodies that are receiving money from our tax dollars right so it's our money too <laughs> and and we need to be a part of that we need to be a part of shaping the fabric of our communities and and making sure that it's actually serving our needs. So I guess just the, the message is, you know, if you want to run, run. If you want to just, you know, start here, they have like neighborhood councils or we have like little committees and commissions here, but like submit your name, submit an application to do it. It's typically pretty easy. I mean, and just go for it because you never, I mean, I never would have thought I would be doing this <laughs> today. Um, and, you know, and, I've, and we got Karen Bass's endorsement, our, our congresswoman. So, you know, so it's looking good. I don't have it in the bag, but, you know, I'm going to work for every vote. But, like, anything is possible. So, um, you know, check me out. I'm at votemcmorin.com. All the socials, um, except for TikTok. <laughs> we'll talk about Maddie that. hasn't really taught, my daughter hasn't taught me how to <laughs> really finagle that stitch just yet, but everywhere else. <laughs> me and, me and Maddie will get you together on, uh, on TikTok. <laughs> also, it is so funny because I have to, in my head, be like, there's Maddie, that's like my podcast host, co-host Maddie, and then there's my niece Maddie. <laughs> right, 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 right. Those are two different people, listeners. Two Earlier, different. Yeah. You were when I said it, I was like, like oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love that. I'm so excited. I um, feel like your first TikTok should just be a celebration on no, the night of November 3rd. That's going to be the, the TikTok is like, oh, we fucking did it. Yes. We did it. <laughs> I'm with uh, it. <laughs> do you guys want to take a break? Let's take a break. Cute. We're almost ready to come back again. Okay, let's take some meds so we can feel good because it has been a long week. It has been a heavy week. And we're going to get through it with yeah. these meds. Maddie, you want to start? I can start. Um, my meds this week are very people-oriented. So um, I got an email when we were um, editing our last episode with Allie. And she's like, by the way, I'm coming up tomorrow i'm driving from la to portland tomorrow so i randomly i feel like ran, it felt random to me um <laughs> got to see Allie, and that was amazing just because we have um i've known her before but like we really got to know each other through work better through working on this podcast and it's all been digital right like i have only seen this person on facetime and through emails and then she was in my backyard and I was just like oh this is great <laughs> um and it was for a friend's um 
bachelorette party there's like a, a, a wedding thing happening this weekend that's all very outside limited numbers kind of spread out thing um and at this bachelorette party last night um one of the drag queens in town bolivia carmichael's came in on like an azuzu tracker with like three speakers strapped to the back and then like just parked in the middle of this like uh real suburban ass like neighborhood and like just was like all right everybody come outside if you want to hear see a show and then just gave this like 20 minute lip sync performance for the brides it was like it was very funny, very cute, very adorable. Um, I hadn't seen drag IRL in a while, and um, it was very fun. I don't know. I, I have good feelings from people this week. That, that's what I've got. Um, Yasmin, what are you bringing? So mine is simple. <laughs> <laughs> Simple's good. Um, I changed my uh, bedspread. Yes, and that's a big deal. I, yeah, I had a like a plain white one for a little bit because I just was feeling that for a while. But this one is um, from the brand The Jungle, so it's kind of busy and it's giving print and color and and I like it. I'm here for it. It just has changed the energy in this piece, and uh, <laughs> and I'm grateful for it. Is so, it all soft and comfy? It, you know, it's a summer quilt, so it's not giving too much. You know, but it's very cute and it's giving, you know, it's, it's a little warm. So, <laughs> so it's perfect. It's perfect, but it's not too like fluffy or whatever, but it's cute. I like it. And it makes me smile when I like walk in and see like my pillows and my, and my bed. So since we're spending so much time in here, so. right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just moved and like putting stuff in its place feels so good. And like, if you get something new that is speaking to you, it, it is, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that that is something that's bringing you joy. Mm -hmm. Shawnee. My turn. I have two. Um, one is, <laughs> so I cleaned out my closet. <clears throat> you probably can't tell looking at it right now, but it, it's very clean and organized right now in a way that I appreciate. I'm a pretty organized person. My closet is usually always a mess. Um, so I took some time to actually like clean it out, get rid of a lot of stuff. I mean, I brought some stuff over to you, Maddie, uh, and our friend Carlos as well. And then we're going to donate some things, but got a lot of things out. I did the thing where it's like, have I worn this in the last year? No. So let me just like get rid of it because I'm probably not going to wear it this year. Yeah. Um, so it feels nice to look at my closet and see things that I actually like and that I'm actually going to wear, um, which is nice. And then I know we had like a clothing swap last week. I have been wearing this shirt that Spencer gave me for like three days straight. It's not the one I have on now. But like, <laughs> I've just been putting it on because it's so comfortable. And I'm just like, I don't know why he would part with this, but okay. Um, so that's bringing me joy. And then the other thing that's bringing me joy is it's so silly. The Game, which is a show that used to come on <laughs> in like 2000 and I don't know, four or five. Not the Game. Like that, <laughs> on and the CW. It's with Tia Ma I think it's Tia. Tia Maori, mm -hmm. um, Brittany Daniels, who was in White Chicks, and then Pooch Hall and a, oh my God, and who plays Tasha Mack? Wendy Raquel Robinson. Cannot forget about Tasha Mack. Um, <laughs> that show, it's, it's, it still holds up. I, I laugh a bit at how much they're still trying to fit into this box of like masculinity sometimes with the jokes. But aside from that, it still holds up. I'm still cracking up at it. And I've been watching it like like two or three episodes before bed every <laughs> night. And it's good. If you haven't seen the game, I highly advise you go watch it on Netflix because that's where it is. 
That's very cute. <laughs> yeah, I just gave a thumbs up because <laughs> I'm <laughs> <the> off. <laughs> Are you really? Okay, that is really funny. It was definitely, I feel like I cannot tell you exactly what it's about. And I've seen a lot of episodes because it was just always on TV at one yeah. point. Like, especially once it moved to like the Viacom networks. I feel like it came on like VH1 or maybe VET. I don't know. But yeah, they, it was the first three seasons were on like UPN and the CW. Right. And then they canceled it and BET picked it up. Oh, like maybe I didn't see it till it came to BET. Okay. Yeah. That's when it, it got like a little bit more dramatic when it got mm-hmm. to BET. It I do like, remember that about it. Brandy was in it randomly. Oh, Lauren London, who plays Nunu from ATL. <laughs> um jay ellis yeah it's it's a great show i am excited hopefully at some point the other five seasons will be available probably not on netflix because bet has their bet plus thing so they're probably going to try to hold on to that i also was reading that there was talks to like do a remake of it with like the same cast in but then also some new people um but then viacom was like nah not not right now as early as like this like in 2020 they were like Maybe not yet, but like soon. Is that hmm. the Maori that cries about being married to a white man or is that the other one? That's Tamara. Oh, okay. Tamara's, I only know this because I was, like, <laughs> went down a rabbit hole last night because I was like, I need to learn how to tell these two apart. Um, Tia is married to the black man and was on the game. Tamara okay. is on the real, or actually just quit the real. Oh, yeah, oh. and is married to a white man. And the joke is that she quit the real because sister, sister is going into syndication and she can just get her check from that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds smart to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do we have homework this week, Shawnee? You know what? I'm going to give y'all a break on the homework this week. One, because I didn't come up with any. And two, because we've been doing homework for a while. So it's okay. You know, it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody take a break. It's, like I said, it's been a long and heavy week. I'm not going to give y'all more things to do. (laughs) Yeah. I think... uh... As always, whenever we don't have homework, the homework is to go back and listen to old episodes and catch go. up on our shit. And leave and then... us a review, a five-star review. Yes, ma'am. And if you can take the time <laughs> to actually write something, even better. We love words. My favorite is Carl's that just says, I, I love Shawnee, and like <laughs> meant to type more and just didn't. And so it's like just this three-word thing that's just like, I, I love these girls, Shawnee, and nope. Period, nothing. no nothing. It's so funny. It's a choose your own adventure. You can finish that statement <laughs> however you want to. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, follow us on QBT Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. And big thanks to Ali Kills for helping us edit. Um, this was so fun. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Yasmin, I I'm so excited for when you're gonna win. And I'm so excited um, for you to be the first black woman on the city council of Culver City. That is fucking amazing. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> gonna happen. Yeah. Thank you for um, really stepping out and putting yourself on the line and making sure that the, the values of what, um, I think what most people in this country are holding are being um, brought to the table as necessary versus a political leaning you know what i mean i appreciate it um yeah are we done sorry let's go i want to go try on the new jumpsuit that i have oh me too girl i'll show you i'll, <laughs> yes. I'll send you a picture i'll send you a picture you well, well we could stop recording but we can show each other our jumpsuits <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay bye friends bye <laughs> Thank you.
slick, all up in my ear and shit. <laughs>